Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths for a surefire formula for victory. The common sense lessons from Gideon's account for victory to avoid defeat are very basic, very important. Now, who gave this victory? It was God. Who's the one that prepared them? God. Who was the choosing? God. Who gave the plan? God. Who's to get the glory? God. The problem in the churches, we're always giving the glory to man. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Surely Gideon felt that 32,000 men wouldn't be sufficient to defeat the horde of 135,000 Midianites who were spread out before him in the Valley of Jezreel. However, before the assault, God would reduce Gideon's resources even more to a mere 300 men. The simple truth yet to be revealed in Judges chapter 7, says Pastor Xavier, is that no one would dare to take the credit for the victory God will bring about through this small, unarmed force. Let's pick up this unusual lesson of faith right where we left off last time. In Judges chapter 7, we're going to look at all 25 verses, and the message is entitled, Gideon, the Broken Vessel. God communicated here to Gideon, the conditions for the victorious defeat against the Midianites. It begins with God choosing the men for battle, one through eight. How important it is that it's God who has his hand upon the life of people for ministry, the ones he's going to lead. The number of fighting men, notice in verse 2, that showed up was objected to by God. The Lord Yahweh said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Most commanding generals would welcome every fighting man. The more, the better. Even with 32,000 men, they were outnumbered four to one. The Midianites had 135,000 men. But this is God. He's in control. Notice the objection was very natural. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. It says here, now therefore proclaim the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. Two-thirds of weakness was gone. The covenant God, Yahweh, in verse 4, could still see the prideful heart of Israel with the 10,000 fighting men. He needed to dwindle them down, thin them down a little more. Listen again. Bring them down to the water that I, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. Notice in 5 and 6, the number of fighting men were taken to the water for God to test them. The Lord Yahweh said to Gideon, everyone who laughs from the water with his tongue, as a dog laughs, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. So he sets the test. In verse 6, God demonstrated a clear separation of the two categories. And the number of those who lapped, putting their, mouth, their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. 
Then the Lord Yahweh said to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand, being men of faith. The rest were not. They were fearful. They weren't trusting God. They didn't think God could deliver them. The 300 do. You see, the condition for Gideon to defeat the Midianites was that God would choose the men for battle. Now, secondly, notice from 9 down to the first part of 15. God would make Gideon courageous for battle. Gideon was instructed to go down into the camp of the Midianites in verse 9. This was a command, a military order from the captain of the armies of heaven, Yahweh. It happened the same night. The Lord Yahweh said to him, arise, go down against the camp. It took place the very night that 9,700 left. God didn't waste any time. Gideon's come a long ways. He was a coward first when God met him. He was accusing God of being unfair. He's come a long ways to this point. This was a step of faith. Believing God, the battle had already been won. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of Midianites. Have I not sent you, he said in chapter 6, verse 14. Now it's different. It's as good as done. Remember that he says, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man, in chapter 6, verse 16. And then in 634, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, clothed him, and he blew the trumpet, and the Abyssalites gathered behind him. God's been preparing them. Now here's the final touch. Now notice in 10 to the middle of 11, Gideon was sent on a reconnaissance mission that he had full confidence in God for the battle. God knew his fear, so he gave him an option. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. God knows our fears. He knows we're but dust. He isn't discouraged by that. He's not moved by that, but he wants to move us from fear to faith through testing, step at a time. Notice God revealed that the recon information will remove his fear and doubt, causing his faith in God to grow for the victory. And you shall hear what they say. And afterwards, your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. The word strengthened means to be firm, Bold, courageous. God will take you and I one step at a time from one thing to another to increase my faith in God, my dependency in God. Not to make me strong, but for me to yield to the strength of God more, to trust him. God confirmed to Gideon personally the victory. In 12, the situation was intimidating. Now the Midianites, the Amalekites, all the people, these were lying in the valley. The odds were against Israel, as numerous as locusts. Their camels were without number. And the sand by the seashore in multitudes, verse 12 says. The Midianites alone had 135,000 in chapter 8, verse 10. The intelligence gathered was valuable. God had given a dream to one of the enemy soldiers about the battle. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, the loaf of barley and roll of bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to the tent, struck it so that it fell and overturned, and the tent collapsed. 
God is giving this dream to this man. God's in the heavens. He controls all things. He gave a dream to Pharaoh. He gave a dream to Nebuchadnezzar. The time of the Gentiles we've seen in Daniel 2. God gave dreams to Joseph. Now notice, God gave the interpretation to another soldier about Gideon's victory. God makes himself known to non-believers. He says, then his companion answered and said, this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. They knew his name. They knew his parents' name. How'd they get this? God. Simple. God has prepared Gideon. He's ready for the battle. When the Syrians, remember, surrounded the house of Elisha at Dothan, his servants concluded that they were dead. The record says, so he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. And Elisha prayed and said to the Lord Yahweh, I pray open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord Yahweh opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha, 2 Kings 6, 16 through 17. The courage for the situation of our life will always depend on our commitment to walk in fellowship with God, to hear his voice, to confirm his direction and his guidance. No one can do that for you. Spending time with Jesus in prayer constantly, expecting him to speak to you throughout the day, to guide you. That you can speak to him as things come up. Very important. Spending time in the word of God to judge everything that goes on in your life. If you don't judge what goes on by the word of God, then you're going to make decisions based on your own understanding, your own intellect. Resisting every time I want to sway away by God's word through my emotions or the circumstances or situation, thinking, well, this is an exception. No, no, there's no exceptions. I have to use God's word. Relying on the power of the Holy Spirit in all things. In me dwells not one good thing. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is the way of death. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. I've probably given you this verse a thousand times. Listen to it again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, Fear the Lord Yahweh and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Very clear counsel. Very valuable. Paul the Apostle was such a man. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said that God told him, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God doesn't want you or preparing you so you can be strong in yourself or myself. God is working and preparing me so that I may depend on him for my strength. That I may understand that he's the one that's strong. He's the one who wants to enable me. The conditions for Gideon to defeat the Midianites was to make him courageous for battle. No different for us. Notice thirdly, the end of 15 to 25, 
God will provide the plan for battle. This is so important. In 15 to 18, Gideon commanded the method of attack for the battle. He affirmed the victory first. In the end of 15, Gideon returned to exhort the 300 to be courageous by the very words that made him courageous. Listen carefully. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord Yahweh has delivered the camp of Midian into your hands. A done deal. Past tense. God chose these 300 as he chose Gideon. He knew they were men of faith. He wasn't hoping they were going to be men of faith. He chose them because he knew they were men of faith. He prepared his army in an unusual manner. Look at 16. Placing them in three different locations, he divided the 300 men into three companies. That's not strange in itself, but what follows is equipping them with strange weapons. He put a trumpet into every man's hand, an empty pitcher, and torches inside the pitchers. Do you read here that anybody complained? Did anybody say, you're crazy? Now, that's a nice commentary. We like to think that, but we don't read that at all. They're men of faith. Instructing them with their orders, 17 and 18. They were to follow his lead. Don't miss this. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. Very particular, God gave him the plan. They were to act on his signal. 18, when I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpet on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword and the Lord of Gideon. Three different strategic localities, all at the same time. It would be like surround sound all around the camp, all at one time. The plan and the signal. Gideon and his army obeyed the method of attack for the battle. In 19, the first company, 100, approached the closest boundary of the camp of the enemy. Gideon led the attack. He's out in front. So Gideon and the 100 men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch just as they had posted the watch. So the middle watch coming on. Sleepy guys going towards bed and people just awoke Coming to watch, little commotion, not total alertness in that change of guards. And then Gideon gave the signal, catching the enemy by surprise. And they blew the trumpet and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. The second and third company did the same at Gideon's signal, as he said. Look at verse 20. There was a sudden alarm of the trumpet, shattering of pottery, bright lights, and a unified shout of victory. Then the 300 blew the trumpet and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hand for blowing, and they cried out, the sword of the Lord Yahweh and of Gideon. The natural effect was sudden fear and disorientation. Verse 21 says, And every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. Freaked them out. Unexpected. When police enter a drug house, they plan it for weeks. They hit it at midnight or later. They do it when everybody's asleep. They hit the front door, the back door, loud, fast. 
put fear, confusion, and disorient you. They overwhelm you. The supernatural effect was to kill each other as they fled. Notice, don't miss this, at verse 22. When the 300 blew the trumpet, the Lord Yahweh set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth Acacia towards Zerah and far as the border of Mahalah and Tabith. God intervenes. He caused them to fight against each other. We've seen this through scripture before. Now people read, oh, come on, this, do you think this really happened? The book of Revelation says there'll be, I think, 250-pound hailstones coming down. I'll put a dent in your car. God turned back the sun, 10 degrees. God judged the whole world through a flood. God created the whole world out of nothing. Do you think there's anything hard for God? Of course not. We're talking about God. The 300 chased after the enemy. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher, and all Manasseh, and they pursued the Midianites. So the remaining people now chased in pursuit. They became cowardly, now become courageous. You see? In 24 and 25, Gideon called for Ephraim to join the attack of the battle now. These tribes are in the north. Now he calls for Ephraim in the south. The enemy is fleeing south, east. The north is coming from the south. They're coming up north now. They're being sandwiched between. In 24, he called for them to secure the enemy's water resources here. Ephraim was one of the leading tribes, as you know. In um, 24 there, then Gideon sent messengers throughout all the mountains of Ephraim, saying, come down against the Midianites and cease from them the watering places as far as Bethbara and the Jordan. And then all the men of Ephraim gathered together and they seized the water places as far as Bethbara and the Jordan. Now they were at the fords. They're going to try crossing the Jordan to get back to the other side. And Ephraim apprehended and killed the two generals of the Midianites here. They captured the two princes, Oreb, meaning raven, and Zib, wolf. So that, that shows their fierceness of, in battle. And they killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb. And, they, and Zib, they killed him at the wine prison of Zib. And so great victory. Now, these are the Ephraimites coming from the south. Ephraim presents Gideon now with the two heads on the other side of Jordan, on the east side. It says they pursued Midian, brought the heads of Oreb and Zib, the Gideon, on the other side of the Jordan. Now, who gave this victory? It was God. Who's the one that prepared them? God. Who was the, the choosing? God. Who gave the plan? God. Who's to get the glory? God. The problem in the church is we're always giving the glory to man. Today, pastors exalt themselves so much over what ministries they have. We have nothing to glory about. What do you have that you have not received? And if you have received it, why in the world are you boasting, Paul says? Amazing. How often have people attempted to do something without God's direction only to fail, or worse yet, to make it work, and now they have to maintain the work on its own? This is how God works, and this is what God says. I will do everything for you that I have ordained for you and that I want to be done through you. I will prepare you. I will enable you. I will provide for you. 
But if you get disillusioned and dissatisfied with me, and you think I have not been fair and just to give you, and you think you deserve more, and you start reaching out for it, you're on your own. Now you've got to work for it. Now you've got to be clever. Now you've got to convince people. I'll have no part of it. Oh, by the way, I'll still use you to save people. Oh. Now you've got a machine. Now you've got to beg. Now you've got to push. Now you blow your witness to the world. Because you're telling them what a big God you serve, and here you are, you're pinching pennies. Or should I say maybe you're greedy for dollars. God uses men as instruments, but it's God who does the work, ladies and gentlemen. No one else. That's not an earthquake. It's next door. Don't worry about it. Man sees the victory of God come about. It's an amazing thing. But it's always due to the plan and the power of God. The typology in the story should not be missed. As Paul reminds us that God has placed this treasure in earthen vessels himself. That the excellence and power may be of God and not of ourselves. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. So God has placed himself in me, but he wants this vessel broken. He doesn't want me to take the glory. He doesn't want me to get in the way of God. I'm to be as transparent as possible. Point you to Jesus, never to me. The key to see God work is to break the earthen vessel in order that the light may be seen to the world and the power of God. Don't miss the order of what was shouted. The sword of the Lord Yahweh came first. Gideon was second. Today we've reversed the order. The common sense lessons from Gideon's account for victory to avoid defeat are very basic, very important. The call of God regarding the plan of God will be confirmed by God in his word. And he'll open doors and make the provisions. Always. God will strengthen and clothe the person he calls with his Holy Spirit to do the work and the gifts. The secret to victory is a godly leader and group of godly leaders of faith that God has called. And they will allow their vessels to be broken that Jesus may be seen. Always pointing people to Jesus, never to themselves. Always warning people about that. The condition for Gideon to defeat the Midianites was for God to provide the plan for battle. Man, clear communication to Gideon regarding the conditions for the victory over the Midianites. The condition for Gideon to defeat the Midianites was that God would choose the men for battle. It's the same today in every church. God will raise the men and women for the battle. The condition for Gideon to defeat the million was to make him courageous for battle. As those men and women step out in faith, God will begin to prepare every one of them for the battle. Courageous. Condition for Gideon to defeat the million that was for God to provide the plan for battle. Every person God raises up and makes courageous, they will carry out the battle plan of God. Not their own. It doesn't even come into play. 
Temptations may be there, but they don't go there. They stick as close as they can to God that His will may be done. Pastor Xavier Reese and stepping out in faith to meet God's conditions for victory on today's Simple Truths drawn from Judges chapter 7. And this study titled Gideon the Broken Vessel is available on CD upon request for just $4. Having your own copy allows you to review this study again at your own pace. Plus, we'll be able to include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Gideon the Broken Vessel. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California, www.calvarychapelpasadena.com.